0: I do want to remind you about our other podcasts that we have out there. Uh, check out the amazing world of radio, amazing.greatdetectives.net. Currently, we're doing a sort of holiday in series with, uh, Episodes being released every holiday. Our next one is St. Patrick's Day, and you you can view all the other holidays episodes we posted for New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day and Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. And uh, also check out our past series. We did uh, Les Miserables with Orson Welles, uh, we did The Summer of Bogart, and uh, also great movies over radio. Just go to amazing.greatdetectives.com. And we have a series that uh, you can always listen to. Uh, it is called The War. And in The War, I uh, take a look at the World War II through uh, old-time radio, beginning with the really uh, big isolationist and pacifist Uh, sentiments that held sway prior to uh, World War II and how those uh, sentiments were changed. And going all the way through the war to a little bit of the post-war era. Uh, the War is just such a emotional and entertaining series. 277 episodes long. You can check it out, thewar.greatdetectives.net. And enjoy the video uh, version of this podcast. It's uh, Public Domain Video Theater. Go to videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Um, we post uh, two videos a month over there, so I encourage you to check those out. Now we're going to get into parts three and four of today's uh, episode: the Shrieking Prisoner Murder. The original air dates: June the twenty fourth and June the twenty fifth of nineteen fifty four. Let's take a listen.
1: Time now for Mister Keene, tracer of lost persons. <laughs> Mr. Keene, tracer of lost persons, in our new Mr. Keene series, in which the kindly old investigator brings to us his most celebrated cases on Mondays through Fridays at this same time. Tonight, the Shrieking Prisoner murder case. Mr. Keene, the famous investigator, and his partner Mike Clancy are looking into the strange murder of young Donald Travers, who was shot to death in a lonely house owned by his wife's two eccentric aunts, Martha and Amy Carson. Both Carson sisters are suspects in the case, for Amy is shriekingly insane, and Martha was determined that no one should find out about it. A third suspect is George Wheeler. Whose engagement to Amy Carson was broken because of the victim's interference. But now, Mr. Keene and Mike have gone to investigate still another suspect, a handyman named Luther Prague. Meanwhile, in the Carson house, Martha tries to calm her insane sister Amy. And inside the room in the attic, which has been Amy Carson's prison, we hear
2: Amy! <coughs> You must be quiet. You know you can trust me, your own sister? Trust you, Martha? When you keep me locked up here like a prisoner? It's for your own good. I swore no one would take you to an insane asylum, and I'm keeping that promise.
3: Who were those strange men who were here?
2: That was Mr. Keene, the famous investigator, and his partner, Mr. Clancy. Investigator? Yes. They're trying to find out who murdered our nephew, Donald Travers, here in our house last night. Oh. George Wheeler has taken them to Luther Prague's shack. They think Luther, our handyman, murdered Donald Travers. They do? But why? They think Luther killed him to rob him. And I've told them something else, Amy. I said George Wheeler could have murdered Donald... Because Donald said something that broke up your romance with George. My romance? Martha, you broke up my engagement to George. Donald Travers was the one who called George a fortune hunter, wasn't he? Yes, Donald did. And I could have killed him when he said it. Amy, don't say that in front of Mr. Keene. I think we've got him fooled now, so let's not spoil it.
3: You're trying to fool Mr. King. Yes,
2: he never would have come here if our niece Jane hadn't sent him.
3: Jane Travers,
2: Donald's wife? Yeah, she's another one who's trying to interfere. They're all trying to send you away to an asylum, Amy. But they'll have to do it over my dead body. You're
3: too smart for them, aren't you, Martha? I
2: certainly am. And I'm not through with Mr. Keene yet. I've got a few other ways to confuse him, too. Now, you stay where you are, Amy. What are you doing, Martha? I... I can see Luther Shack through this window. Mr. Keene and his partner are walking towards it. George Wheeler is gone. I'm leaving now, Amy. Take me with you, Martha. Don't leave me alone in this room again! You've got to stay here, Amy. But don't be afraid. When I talk to Mr. Keene, I'll make certain he ends up in more of a muddle than ever. No!
3: Don't shut me out! Be quiet!
4: use, Mr. Keene. The door to this shack of Luther Pragg's is good and locked. I've worked on it now for half an hour. If we want to search this place, Mike, you'll have to find another way of getting in. I might be able to force a window. When George Wheeler found that watch that had been stolen from the murdered man, Donald Travers, this door must have been accidentally left locked. Mr. Keene! Boss, it's Martha Carson.
2: Mr. Keene! My sister, Amy... She's escaped.
4: She got out of that room, Miss Martha.
2: She tied the bedsheets together and let herself
4: down through the window. Say, it's us! Now we've got a crazy woman running around loose. I'd better make a thorough search of the neighborhood for her, Mike. And meanwhile, you try to get into this shack of Luther Prague somehow and search it. Right, Mr. Gain, sir. Uh, come with me, Miss Martha. We'd better find your sister, Amy, before she has a chance to do anything violent. <laughs> We've gone over the neighborhood pretty thoroughly, Miss Martha. But we found no sign of your sister, Amy. It's getting dark, Mr. Keene. It was foolish of you not to turn your sister over to the health authorities the moment you knew she was insane, Miss Martha.
2: I realize that now, but I couldn't bear to let her go. She is all I have, Mr. Keene. We've lived in this house for 20 years, ever since our parents died.
4: How long ago did you decide to shut yourself off from the rest of the world?
2: Oh, ten years or more, Mr. Keene. It happened when I was disappointed in love. I was going to marry someone, but he jilted me.
4: And so you couldn't stand the idea of your sister Amy marrying either a short time ago?
2: It was Donald Travers who broke up her engagement to George Wheeler when he said George was a fortune hunter. That's what caused Amy's mind to crack.
4: And it could have caused her to murder Donald Travers. No,
2: that's not true, Mr. Keene. After all, I. I had something to do with that broken engagement, too. I loved Amy too much to let her marry that scoundrel.
4: And did you love her so much you would have committed murder? To keep someone like Donald Travers from finding out about Amy's insanity? Sending her to an asylum? That's
2: ridiculous. You can't prove a thing like that, Mr. Keene. Miss
4: Martha, what kind of an income do you have? How do you get money to live?
2: I told you, Mr. Keene, we had a little money left to us by my father.
4: May I ask how much?
2: That happens to be my business. Uh, Well, I mean... it. It was enough to get by on through the years.
4: And where do you keep this money, Miss oh, Martha?
2: Why are you asking me so many questions about my money, Mr. Keene? I I don't like to talk about it. Is it in the bank? No. I have it in an even safer place. And that's all I'm going to tell you about my financial affairs. Mr. Keene. Oh, well, now, here here comes your partner, Mr. Clancy.
4: Yes, Mike. Well, boss, I I just had another tussle with Luther Prague, that axe-swinging handyman. This time I left him in his shack tied to a bedpost with handcuffs. Did he come in while you were searching his place, Mac? That he did, sir. And just as I found some very important evidence... What did you find, Mac? Well, first of all, I found this wallet. It's got the initials D.T. on it. Donald Travers, the murdered man. That's right, boss. It's also got $200 in cash inside it. I found it in Luther's pocket when he came into his shack. What else did you discover there, Mick This gun, sir. It's a thirty-eight caliber job and... One bullet is missing. That might be the murder weapon. Well, it was in Luther Prague's drawer.
2: There you are, Mr. Keene. It looks as though you've solved the mystery of my nephew's murder.
4: Does it, Miss Martha?
2: Our handyman, Luther Prague, killed Donald Travers. There's no question about it. He murdered Donald to steal that wallet and Donald's watch. The watch that George Wheeler found in Luther's
4: room. The handyman admits he stole the watch and wallet, Mr. Keene. But he says he didn't kill the young fella. Then how does he explain having the watch and wallet, Mike? Well, Luther claims he heard the shot when Donald Travers was murdered. He says he was outside the Carson house at the time. And when Luther ran in, he found the body, but he didn't call the police himself. You mean he robbed the dead man? Yeah, that's what he admits. He told me he figured the dead man couldn't use the money or the watch anymore, so he might as well make use of it himself. And what did Luther Prague say about the gun you found in his shack, Mike? Well, he said he never saw it before in his life, boss. And he swears he didn't murder Donald Travers, Mr. Keene! What is it, Miss Martha?
2: I thought I saw a light flash in the cellar of
4: our house. Through that low window behind you. She's right, boss. I saw it myself just now. Like someone was shining a flashlight on and off for a second or two. How do we get into the cellar, Miss Martha? There's a door on the other side of the house. Right around that corner. Please stay here. We'll investigate that light. Come with me, Mike. Well, here's the cellar door, Mr. Keene. Open it, please, Mike. Oh, there's a short flight of wooden steps leading downstairs. Flash your light down there. Careful, Mr. Keene. These steps are wet. There seems to be a small leak in the water pipe above us. Well, there's no one here in the cellar, Mr. Keene. Whoever it was flashing that light must have gotten away through that other door over there, leading up into the house. just a minute, Mike. seem to be footprints here. The stairs were wet when the intruder came down, and there are three or four very clear footprints on the cement floor. Mike, shine your flashlight on the wall over there. What? Mr. Keene, a big chunk of cement's been taken out of the wall. Looks like there was some kind of a hiding place there. And, Mike, here's a $50 bill on the floor. A $50 bill? What do you think it means, Mr. Keene? It may mean we're very close to the solution to this murder case. Let's look around a bit more. It's as quiet as a tomb down here. Sure, it makes my skin creep when I think that Amy Carson, a madwoman, is running around loose. Flash your light on that hole in the wall once more, Mike. There you are, sir. The hole is lined with wood. and Apparently, it was used to hide valuables. Martha Carson tried to avoid the topic of money every time I brought it up, Mike. Well, I think we'll know the truth when we tell her this wall's been tampered with, Mr. Keene. I'm sure we will. Mr. Keene... Suppose them footprints on the stairs were made by that loony woman, Amy Carson. Look, boss. They lead right across the cellar floor and up those other stairs again. That second flight of stairs must lead into the house. Mike, I'm going to follow those footprints up there. Boss, remember crazy Amy Carson is dangerous. If she murdered Donald Travis, she wouldn't stop at trying to kill someone else. I know, Mike. But we've got to find out who made these footprints and where they lead. We're liable to meet her up here, behind this door, waiting for us with the kitchen knife. Now, Mike, open that door. (gasps) There's a woman there, boss. Yes, Mike, but it's Jane Travers, the wife of the murdered man.
3: Oh, Mr. Keene, I just got here to my aunt's house. Have you found any new evidence about my husband's murder?
4: My partner, Mike Clancy, and I have uncovered quite a bit of evidence, Mrs. Travers. I think I know now who murdered your husband.
3: Was it one of my aunts, Aunt Martha or Aunt Amy?
4: I'll name the killer as soon as I have my final clue, Mrs. Travers. Meanwhile, let me tell you what we've uncovered in this case so far. I think you have a right to know. Both your aunts are under strong suspicion.
3: But why, Mr. Keene... Why would they do such a terrible thing?
4: Your Aunt Amy is insane. She was in love with a man named George Wheeler, but she was forced to turn down his proposal of marriage.
3: Yes, I know that, Mr. Keene.
4: Your husband told her that this fellow Wheeler was only after her money when he proposed to her.
3: Donald told her that?
4: Apparently, Mrs. Travis. Then Amy's older sister, Martha, forced Amy to turn George Wheeler down. Amy could have blamed that on your husband and murdered him in a burst of insane frenzy.
3: Oh, I can't believe it, Mr. Keene.
4: Your Aunt Martha is a suspect because she had her sister Amy hidden away at the top of this house, and she wanted no one to know about her sister's insanity.
3: To prevent Aunt Amy from being taken to a mental institution.
4: Yes, Mrs. Travers. If your husband had been on the verge of finding out the secret, Martha Carson could have lost her head and murdered him.
3: What had happened to Aunt Amy? What drove her insane?
4: The fact that her sister Martha broke up her romance with George Wheeler did that, Mrs. Travers. Of course, it also makes Wheeler a suspect, too. He may have had a grudge against your husband for calling him a fortune hunter. And, Mrs. Travers, we've got a fourth suspect, a handyman named Luther Prague. We found your husband's watch and wallet in his possession, and also a gun that may turn out to be the murder weapon.
3: Did he rob my husband?
4: Luther Prade claims that he did that after the murder had been committed by someone else. Well, that remains to be seen.
3: But, Mr. Keene, you say you know who actually killed my husband.
4: I think I do. And I'll be able to put the murderer under arrest very shortly. Now, let me ask you something. What do you know about your aunt's finances?
3: Why, practically nothing, Mr. Keene.
4: If your husband thought George Wheeler was a fortune hunter, and that was the reason he wanted to marry Amy Carson, he must have thought your aunt had money.
3: And you believe she has a great deal of money, is that it?
4: Let's say she had.
3: What do you mean?
4: A few minutes ago in the cellar, we found part of the wall broken open. It had evidently been a hiding place for valuables. Valuables that had been stolen just before we entered the cellar.
3: Oh, does Aunt Martha know that, Mr. Keene?
4: Not yet, Mrs. Travis.
3: Oh, Mr. Keene, no matter how this case turns out, I want you to know that I'm so grateful to you for all you've done.
4: Mr. Keene, been... why, sits George Wheeler? Mr. Keene, Amy Carson has returned home. She's been found, Mr. Wheeler? She came to my house after she escaped, and I brought her
5: home. Her sister Martha's with her now, upstairs in Amy's room.
4: I want to talk to her immediately. You want me to go with you, Mr. Keene? No, Mike. I'd rather you stay here with Mrs. Travers and George Wheeler. Just a few minutes now, we ought to know the final answer to this mystery and put Donald Travers' murderer under arrest.
2: Amy, you must listen to me. You know who I am, don't you, Amy? Don't you? You're... My sister, Martha. Why did you run away?
3: I... I wanted to see George.
2: George. I wanted him to marry me. You're never to speak to George Wheeler again, do you hear? Amy, listen to me. Our nephew, Donald Travers, has been murdered. I've been trying to get you to remember that. Donald? He was shot to death downstairs in this house last night. Good. I'm glad Donald's dead. Glad, do you hear? I hated him. Hated Amy, him. me! don't talk like that. Mr. Keene may hear you. Donald said George was no good. He lied. And I'm glad he's dead. Amy. Miss Keene. Mr. Keene.
4: Miss Martha, George Wheeler just told me your sister Amy had returned.
2: Amy, this is Mr. Keene, the famous investigator. You remember him. You saw him just before you ran away.
4: Oh. Miss Martha, I have some news for you. I believe you've been robbed. Robbed? We found an open hole in the cellar wall and a $50 bill on the floor, which the thief must have dropped.
2: All our money was hidden inside that wall. Over $50,000. Oh, oh, I've got to see. I've got to find out.
4: Now, Amy, I want to ask you some questions.
2: Questions?
4: Do you remember hearing a shot last night?
3: I've... I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Keene.
4: You know that your niece's husband, Donald Travers, is dead.
3: Yes, my sister told me.
4: Both you and your sister are under suspicion of murdering him, Amy. And so are the handyman Luther Prague and George Wheeler. Don't blame George.
3: You can't arrest George. I won't let you. I'll kill you first.
4: I'll kill you with this. Where did you get that knife, Amy?
3: You didn't know I had a knife hidden inside my sash, did you, Mr. Keene? I picked it up in George's house. And now it's going to come in handy.
4: Amy, please put the knife down on that table.
3: (laughs) You're afraid of me, aren't you? Of course you are. For all you know, I killed Donald Travers.
4: Did you, Amy?
3: I had a good reason, didn't I, Mr. Keene? I hated him more than I've ever hated anyone in my life.
4: But I'm your friend. Now try to calm yourself. And I'm glad Donald's dead.
3: Do you understand? It makes me happy.
4: Amy, give me that knife.
3: No. No, Mr. Keene. I'm going to use this knife on you. I'm going to use it on you, Mr. Keene.
4: But you have nothing against me. And you're not angry with me. I only want to help you.
3: I don't believe it.
4: Amy, you're going to give me that knife right now. No. I'm your friend. You know that. And you're ill. Very ill.
5: Yes.
3: I'm ill.
4: So put the knife down, Amy. Put it down.
3: I'm... I'm... All right.
4: That's better. I'll take the knife now. Boss. Boss, are you all right? I heard Amy from downstairs. Did she try to use that knife on you, Mr. Keene? For a moment, Mr. Wheeler, I thought she would. Mike, search George Wheeler. What? Don't I, move, mister. I... preserve it. Wheeler's pockets are loaded with $1,000 bills. Which he stole from the Carson sisters' hiding place in the cellar. And George Wheeler is the man who murdered Donald Travers. Do you think you can prove that, Mr. Keene? I'm sure I can, Mr. Wheeler. For one thing, you planted the murder gun in Luther Prague's shack. When he found the watch Luther stole from the murdered man's body, Mr. Keene? Yes, Mike. Wheeler told us he'd searched Luther's shack carefully. If he had... He would certainly have found that gun. So it means that George Wheeler planted the gun there himself. And what about them footprints in the cellar, boss? That was my second clue, Mike. The footprints were made by a man who was wearing heavy rubber-soled sports shoes, like Wheeler is wearing now. That still isn't enough proof against me. Boss, this fellow Wheeler must have been searching this house for that money when Donald Travers walked in and surprised him. Yes, Mike. That's why he murdered Travers. But he still hadn't found out where the Carson sisters kept their fortune hidden. He didn't learn that until tonight. Well, how do you think he found out tonight, boss?
3: I told him... Amy, be
4: quiet! You told him, Amy?
3: Yes. George said he'd take me away and marry me if I told him where we had our money hidden.
4: That was when you went to George Wheeler's home tonight, Amy?
3: Yes, Mr. Keene. George brought me back here, and we went into the cellar. I showed him where our money was hidden, and then he sent me upstairs. George, you will marry me now, won't you? You
5: madwoman, let go of me! You insane fool!
2: Mr. Keene, it's gone. Our money's gone. But your partner's holding...
4: Yes, Miss Martha. we recovered your money. It was George Wheeler who stole it, and it was he who murdered young Donald Travers.
5: Yes, you're right, Keene. I killed him when he walked in on me last night. But he had it coming to him anyway. I could have married Amy if it hadn't been for him. Mr. Keen.
2: I had as much to do with breaking up that marriage as Donald did. For selfish reasons, I must admit now. But I'll make up for the way I treated Amy. I will, Amy. I promise. You'll get medical treatment and a cure if it takes all our money.
4: And George Wheeler will get the electric chair. Put him under arrest, Mike, for the murder of Donald Travis.
5: And so, Mr. Keene finds the solution to the Shrieking Prisoner murder case. Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, is based on the novel Mr. Keene. The radio sequel is originated and produced by Frank and Ann Hummert. Dialogue by Lawrence Clee. Directed by Blair Walliser. Philip Clark plays Mr. Keene. Don't miss Mr. Keene next Monday at the same time when the kindly old tracer turns to The Case of Murder and the One-Eyed Gypsy. A most unusual western program is the many times cited CBS radio series called Gunsmoke. This half-hour Saturday night adventure program recreates the authentic atmosphere of old Dodge City when the West was young and wild. In the character of United States Marshal Matt Dillon, you have a composite of all the restless, uncertain men who did their best to fight the battle for law and order according to their own lights. Remember, Gunsmoke is yours for thrills every Saturday night over most of these same stations. Your announcer, George Bryan. Gangbusters go into action Saturday nights on the CBS Radio Network.
0: Welcome back. Uh, I learned so much from this episode. Uh, just such great educational content. I didn't even know that shriekingly uh, was a word. And uh, not only that, but it's also a mental health term of art, apparently. She's not only insane, she's shriekingly insane. That designation must be in a textbook somewhere, I'm sure. I didn't like that uh, Mike Clancy was off having an action-adventure, you know, beating up, tying up guys, and we were sitting there with, you know, everything that actually did end up happening in these two episodes. I do think that at this point, there is a bit of a struggle here by the writing to produce a story that, actually has enough content to justify the uh, multiple 15 minute episodes because some of this was pretty padded. All right well, listener comments and feedback now And I have a tweet from Edith. Uh, who writes, "I was born in the wrong time. I love this media. As a teen in the 1970s, I searched and found detective mysteries. They delighted me. Thank you for keeping this wonderful media alive. Well, thank you so much, Edith. and I definitely understand you know what people mean when they say you know about being born at the wrong time. But in many ways, this may be the best time to be alive as a fan of old-time radio because we live in an on-demand world where we can listen to so much of this and do it whenever we want and even listen to series that were competing against each other at the time. But it would be great to be alive at a time when this was the thing that people listened to and enjoyed. And when it was such a big part of our culture. And of course, you know, there are some series, such as The Fat Man, that were really good, but very few episodes exist. I mean, probably if I ended up with a time machine, I would use it to travel back in time, you know, with a radio. And just move forward um, every week to hear a new episode of The Fat Man. Yes, with all of time and space, I think that's pretty much what I'd do. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate the tweet, Edith, and that'll do it for today. Join us back here uh, tomorrow with uh, Stand By for Crime, and then we'll be back next Monday with another episode of Mr. Keene's Tracer of Lost Persons. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net, follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.